Hello, and we are back on Here We Go. And I am your host, Ashley, and I'm so excited about today. So excited. I hope y'all have been enjoying the relationship series. I know I started out with five signs that you're ready for dating and then turned around and came back with communicating and understanding your needs and the importance of that. And this week, I'm actually going to interrupt and we're going to talk about a night that changed my life. And this is near and dear to my heart because I've never shared this before. So I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. And don't worry, we'll be back. Remember, now we're bi-weekly, so we'll be back not next Saturday, but the following Saturday. And I'll be talking about 10 signs that he's not that into you. So make sure you tune into that episode. That episode is going to be very spicy, and I have no doubt that you'll love it. And after that, we may have a special guest. So you'll have to stay tuned for that. I just appreciate all the love and support and the feedback that y'all continue to give me. This has been a labor of love, and it's been so fun. So I appreciate all of y'all. So let's get into today's episode. So we're going to rewind a little bit, and we're going to go back to September 9th, 2007. So this is my freshman year of college. And for y'all that are newer, and maybe this is your first time listening to me, just give you a brief backstory of me. Born and raised in a church, Christian, very strict home. So I didn't really have any exposure to any alcohol, drugs, anything like that prior to going to college. And so... And I was a very goody two-shoes, like don't color outside the lines, very much just stay in my lane. And obviously you go to college and everybody's different. And I was in an all-girls dorm and it was fun. I met some of my actual best friends. So my best friend, Michaelin, I met her. She was next door to me and we are still best friends to this day shout out to you mike i love you and so you you're gonna have moments where you're gonna meet amazing people but you know everybody's background's different and so a lot of the girls on the floor were party girls you know had partied in high school and so this was just kind of a variation of that they had asked me several times to go out and hang out and I just wasn't really interested because nothing about that was really appealing to me because I had really no experience. So I didn't really know what I was missing. And having FOMO then wasn't really a thing. So they would continue to ask and continue to ask. And one particular night, on September 9th, they asked. And for some reason, I'm not really sure why, I said yes this time. And I went and my friend rode with me and um you know she was kind of very similar to me in the sense that she wasn't a huge partier she would go but she was just kind of like very much in the background and and that kind of thing and so we went together and we went to this frat party and I was completely out of place I was very overwhelmed and there was just a lot going on and there were kind of the way it was set up 
because at the time I was at Kansas State University, they have like frat houses like across from each other so you could literally walk to them. So we had went between two like frat houses and I kind of got to the point where I was just kind of like, okay, I'm kind of over this. This is a little too much. I'd seen people doing drugs and all kind of stuff. And I was just like, this is not me and I'm not interested in it. And I just could not get into the night. So I ended up walking down and telling my friend, hey, I'm getting ready to leave. If you still want to ride with me, like I'm getting ready to go. And so we start walking back to the car and full transparency to this day, I cannot tell you what we were talking about what the conversation was, what was said, I really can't tell you. So we're walking to the car, and the next minute I know, there's a hand over my mouth, and I'm being dragged backwards. And fight or flight kicks in. And I know people say this all the time, and it's actually a thing that really is a pet peeve of mine now, where people say, oh, you know, if I was... If I was in this situation, I'd do this. Or if I was in this situation, I'd do that. And I'm going to tell you right now, you don't know what you would do until you're actually in that situation. And so we're being dragged backwards. And of course, the fight kicks in. I start screaming. I start trying to break free. And actually mace in my hand. And for some reason, the girl that I was with, she broke loose. And because she broke loose and she was kind of closer, she was further away from the hill where I was, he got a tighter grip on me and we fell backwards down a 50 foot deep hill. And I could feel my fingers like pop as I was falling backwards. And we get to the bottom of the hill after rolling in dirt. And that came the fight of my life. I, the girl stood at the top of the hill. I'm gonna guess she was in shock and she just froze. She didn't scream. She didn't ask for help or anything. And I remember being at the bottom of the hill and I remember being like, Lord, help me. And I cannot tell you what came over me besides the fight side of my brain. And I beat the crap out of that guy. And He was trying to rape me and I wouldn't let him. And I kept fighting him and I kept fighting him and I kept fighting him. I was like scratching him and trying to get DNA in my hands. And just like, it was the Holy Spirit because I, that's the only thing that I can explain. But I started just beating the crap out of this guy. And this is not like a very small guy. This guy was like six foot, 170 you know, tall stature, and I was going to town on him. And I think at some point after probably like five minutes of fighting me, he finally gave up. And I think for him, he was drunk, that when you're drunk, you're you're just like, it's different. Your brain works differently. And he finally gave up and he kind of like stumbled off somewhere. And I remember digging my way back up a 50-foot deep hill like it was nothing. And I remember getting back to the top of the hill, and I remember the girl still standing there. And then she starts to scream when I got to the top of the hill. And to say I was frustrated 
is an understatement. I was hysterical. She tried to give me a hug. She was hysterical. And then guys started running out of the frat house screaming like, what's going on? Where did he go? Trying to find the guy. So I'm describing them, the guy to them. Because to this day, I can tell you exactly what he looked like. Because his image is like deep into my brain. And I can't unsee it. And so I get in my car, I drive back and, you know, everybody's freaking out. You know, they notify my RA. So my RA comes down, Anna, and she's talking to us and they call the cops and the cops come. And at that point I had realized I had broken both of my fingers and I had fractured my arm because my arm felt really weird and I was covered in scratches and dirt and just having an outer body experience and I remember the cop coming and taking a bunch of pictures and trying to get us to explain what happened and I started telling them the story and describe the guy to the T height weight what he looked like what he had on he had a ball cap on blue hat like describing this guy to the T and previously the week before there was a girl who described the guy the exact same way to the T that I described him But the policeman told me that, you know, because there had been, to give you a little bit more context, there had been a serial rapist that had been running rampant in Manhattan, Kansas for about seven years at that point. They had not caught him, but he had been striking the last couple of weeks. And I described him the exact same way, but the policeman told me that the type of woman that he had been targeting didn't look like me. So he was not convinced that it was him. But he would put a detective on it and see what he could do. And that was kind of what I got. Um, So this is when I have to call my mom. And I'm like scared, hysterical to call my mom. So I call my mom and I tell her what's going on. And of course, you know, she's a mom. So she's like, oh my gosh, like you have to be safe. And, you know, she's going through the mom things. And she calls my brother, who at the time was living in Manhattan, Kansas, a little bit older. And, you know, you know, big brother, you can assume what happens next. You know, he comes and he has things with him and he's riding around town and looking for this guy. And he didn't sleep all night. He rode around for hours and hours and hours trying to find this guy. And they put a detective on the case. They didn't really do anything about it. And... Life for me changed that day in a lot of different ways. I sat in my dorm room for days, weeks, and almost quit college because my sense of security, my sense of self, my sense of safety was gone. And this was a pivotal time in my relationship with God and in my relationship with my mom. And me and my mom always had a great relationship, but this situation changed it because... I had to ask her hard questions and when you're a kid and you know you have that kind of relationship with your mom where you're like I'm a teenager and I'm growing up and you think you know it all so you kind of bump heads because you don't realize that they have a different foresight than you do they can see more than you can and that really brought us closer together and I had hard conversations with God of why would he let something like this happen why did this have to happen to me? I was a good person. I never hurt anybody. It never intentionally tried to bring harm to anybody. 
And I walked around with fear for the rest of the year. Because mind you, this is my second week of college. And I couldn't walk with my head up. I started having panic attacks for the first time in my life. And if you walked up behind me, I don't care who you were. I turned around and I was ready to fight. Because I was very, very anxious. I didn't have peace. And I walked around that campus in fear. All freshman year. And had several times, like, I could quit college. I could do something else. What what else could I do? And God gave me the strength to keep going. And after my freshman year, I made the decision to actually freshman year and sophomore year. And after my sophomore year, things just went from good to worst. And I started, you know, thriving and going out and doing things like that, knowing that it wasn't who I was, but I was just trying to numb that pain that I felt. And I didn't know what else to do. I felt like I was talking to God and I wasn't getting answers. And I was just like, I can't keep doing this. And I remember calling my mom one day and just telling her, like, I cannot do this anymore. Like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I have to transfer schools. I have to get back on track with my faith. Like, I'm getting off track and I'm going in a direction that I don't like. And they supported me, of course. And I'm the very strong, independent person that's like, with or without your support, I'm going to do this, but I'd love to have your support. And that was kind of what the conversation was. And of course, they supported me. Obviously, they were a little hesitant because I was moving 20 hours away from my family. But when I tell you, it was the best decision that I made to date. And I tell you that why, because still to this day, I don't understand why the situation happened. I don't understand what God allowed it to happen. But I will say this. I am stronger than I ever thought I was capable of. I have become a woman that is very sure of herself because of the challenges that I've encountered in my life. And years went by and I continued to ask God why. And one day I met a young lady who had went through something very similar. And I looked at her and I said, that was why. And I was able to encourage her. And I was able to look her in her eyes and tell her that this was not the end. That this would not break her, but that it would make her stronger. And that she would come out on the other side stronger than she ever thought she was capable of. So anytime I'm in a store and I see that saying that says, you don't know what strong is until being strong is the only option that you have. I know what that means because that situation could have broke me. And if it wasn't for my faith and asking those hard questions and being able to draw closer to my mom and her to help guide me through that very confusing time of my life, I don't know where I would be right now. I don't know who I would be right now. So I'm grateful for that. 
So if you're listening to this and maybe you've experienced attempted rape, maybe you've experienced rape, maybe you've experienced sexual assault and you feel alone and you feel like you're the only one, you're not. You are not alone. This is not the end. This will not break you. You will overcome. You will get through this. So do not give up on yourself. If you need someone to talk to, reach out. I would love to be able to connect with you if you've experienced any of this because we don't talk enough about it. And when you typically hear conversations like this, it's usually all of the negative of it. And it's a negative situation. Do not get me wrong. But one thing about me is I do not identify as a victim. And I will not identify as a victim. A bad situation happened to me. Really bad. That I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. Because the years after that were hard. And this is the first time I've ever shared this And there was a time a few years ago where I couldn't even share the story without hyperventilating and crying. So I know that that is growth. And I've never shared this and I've had an anniversary every year since then. But for some reason, I felt that I needed to share it today. So if that's you... This is your confirmation that better days are ahead. The best is yet to come. Your redemption story is coming. You will get through this. I love y'all so much. And I really appreciate y'all tuning in today. I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. I hope you got something from it. If anything, just encouragement. That this too shall pass. So... I love y'all. We will be back, not next Saturday, but the Saturday after that. And we'll be talking about 10 signs he's not that into you. I love y'all. Enjoy your Saturday. And I will see y'all in two weeks. Bye.